Welcome to the Pain-Free Zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Fibro Patient Education and Support Organization, and she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome, everyone, to the Pain-Free Zone, where we move from pain to wellness. I am your host, and on today's show, we have a very special guest. His name is Wei Hung, and um, Wei is an award-winning money anxiety breakthrough coach, author, and international speaker and trainer. Wei is the CEO and founder of the Six Figure Academy and Human Op Technologies Incorporated, and he has spoken to and inspired thousands of people to break through their mental and emotional blocks around money, relationships, and performance so they can create a lifestyle of prosperity, abundance, and happiness without burning out. Now, Wei believes that when people have a true understanding of who and what they are, as well as why they behave the way they do, backed by validating science, struggle, and conflict, become a thing of the past. And living to our full potential goes from theory to reality. Now, what we're going to be discussing today is optimize healing by using physical intelligence. And I don't know about you, this is a really exciting topic. And if you want to get in on the action, uh, dial into our listener line, one 888 463 or 1-888-GO-4-IT. Welcome, Wei. How are you today? I am phenomenally great. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Nisi. You are welcome. And this topic, Optimize Healing by mm-hmm. Using Physical Intelligence, what, what is that? Yeah, this is um, <clears throat> this is one of the reasons why um, we, we created HumanOp, uh, and it's all around this patented human assessment technology, which is based on gravity, nuclear force, electromagnetism, all the things that we need to actually have a physical presence on this planet. And um, our creator and inventor actually cracked the code linking our physical attributes to our natural um, drivers, communication styles, our energy levels, our polarity, our frequency, all these different things. And we realize that nature has been giving these the clues of how we can optimize our own personal methodology of healing and um, operating at our highest potential. And we just haven't been paying attention. Now, is we, this yeah. similar to like NLP? Or my um, well, here. NLP is neurolinguistic, so it's all based on the mind. So okay. NLP's main focus on is on the unconscious mind, which is a powerful part of our being. But what we're talking about is your entire being, you know, your physical being, your energy within that physical being, um, your mental, emotional. So it's all inclusive. So yeah, so NLP is a component of it, and it's a tool to help manage one part of your of your entire being. But what we're talking about is we have to take in all aspects of who and what you are to really kind of optimize your your healing process, the way your body wants to heal. So is, okay, so for my audience, you know, m- many people with a chronic illness, um, doesn't necessarily have to be pain, you know, but just a chronic illness in general, does mm-hmm. this also include raising your uh, vibrations? 
Oh, all all kinds of things. You know, <clears throat> you know, Doctor uh, David Hawkins has his power versus force, and um, our technology and our algorithm is able to kind of ascertain where that person is, whether that person is vibrating from a frequency level at that moment in time, and whether that that vibration or that frequency. You know, you know the, the esoteric community likes to use vibration. The science community likes to use frequency. Yes. And it's all the same thing. <laughs> and we can map it across, you know, and, and very precisely. And we can tell, you know, where people are at and why they're creating the disease that they're creating in their life. And the quicker we help people own that, own the, take full responsibility of their co-creation of whatever they're going through, the faster we can actually... It, Inside the, the the human body to heal. So walk me through this a little bit. Let's say mm-hmm. that um, I'm a new uh, client mm-hmm. and I come see you for the first time, and right. um, I have a, a chronic illness. Sure. Um, where do we begin? And and the reason why I ask that, and I could be wrong, but when I think about my my own journey way, mm-hmm. um, I feel that a lot of it is tied to um, emotions. Um, unresolved anger. Let's just say that I was someone who was victimized, which I was. I was, you know, bullied for two and a half years mm-hmm. while working a job in corporate America. And, um, I had a lot of anger, uh, because mm-hmm. I did everything that I knew how and what to do to resolve the issue. And it seems mm-hmm. as though, you know, nothing that I did worked out right. I mean, I'm, I'm no right. longer working there, but sometimes I kind of wonder if, our illnesses also are a matter of the heart, you know, just unresolved mm-hmm. emotional baggage. Maybe that's not the yeah. right term. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> there's so many different pieces that come into play. So that's why, you know, when I hear about people who r- go only in one direction to resolve some chronic issue that they're dealing with or some kind of pain they're dealing with, um, it, it, it breaks my heart because they don't see the whole entire picture. It is your mental mindset, your, your emotional trauma that you have had to deal with in the past. Because here's the thing is that if we didn't know how to interpret, you know, whatever someone was doing to us in the corporate world or in whatever environment that you're in as bad or didn't know how to interpret it as, and the only way we can do that is by associating with some emotional event or circumstance we experienced in our past then we wouldn't know to be a victim. We wouldn't know to be upset about it. And so that's one of the things we have to look at. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being upset at a particular circumstance at the time, but if it's layered on and it's piled on with past trauma, yes, then it becomes exasperated more than it should actually be. So that's why we call, when people say they're, you're overreacting or people are road raging, it has nothing to do with the thing that's happening in that moment. It's a compilation of all the reasons that we... Uh, the, the proof that we have in our past proving that we should be angry in this moment and this is why because of this and this and this and this and this and then our mind our emotional being collects all those experiences especially ones that we haven't let go yet puts it all into one big lump and brings it to the present and say okay great i'll give you a lot of ammunition so you can feel as much as you want as you want so you can potentially hopefully let it go right now because this time if you get mad hopefully you let it go but if you don't then we'll just put it away and just wait for the next time yes <laughs> Absolutely. That resonates with me. Now, I know that through your own personal journey of what Mm -hmm. seemed like never ending peaks and valleys of successes (laughs) and heartbreaking failures, you spent um, the better part of the last two decades refining Mm -hmm. processors through the blending of your engineering studies at UCLA. Mm -hmm. 
neurolinguistics, mm-hmm. energetics, and mental and emotional release therapy. So, mm-hmm. um, as both a trainer and a practitioner. So, how how do you um, how did you get started in the field? If I may ask that question, and um, going back to my other question as to um, how would you help someone to move from those unreleased emotions and everything else that is going on to, you know, (laughs) a better way of being. Yeah. The process is really fascinating, but yeah, you're, I mean, you know, how I, how I got onto this journey of wanting to help people on a much deeper level than just say, Hey, go to my doctor or make a referral. Um, why I stepped away from the major that my father picked for me in college of engineering, computer science engineering. <laughs> um, I think my, my, my journey around really truly wanting to help people start about, oh, I think 23 years now. And it started with me running a management training center where I was, um, training salespeople. And my first presentation was, uh, was the art of selling without selling. And, um, most of the time that we spent there was helping people get congruent and in alignment with who and what they are and what they wanted to do in life and why they wanted to do sales. And that's how they become, became better salespeople. And in that journey, I've worked in a variety of different industries. I mean, I was one of those kids that grew up going, Oh, that looks fun. And I go, let's go do that. Oh, that looks fun too. You might have, I guess you could describe it as entrepreneurial ADD. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I had no limitation of of what industry I would go into. If it piqued my interest, I would just go. And it was funny because during the dot-com boom, my father challenged me when I sold one of my businesses. He says, well, you still don't have a degree, you know, which I eventually got later. But he goes, you still don't have a degree because I left school a little bit early and then just try to kind of spread my wings a little bit before going back. And he says, this is the dot-com boom. This is Silicon Valley. Nobody will hire you unless you have a degree. And I took that as a challenge as OEM, and I went out and applied for all these jobs, knowing that I really didn't want a job, but I just wanted <laughs> to prove my dad wrong. Well, wouldn't you know it? Um, every job that I had, a, I got an interview with, I got an offer. And my dad suddenly changed his tune and says, let me help you choose the right offer. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what happened to I would never get a job? Wait, wait who, where was that guy? <laughs> um, and... And so I, I still remember one of the first interviews where I had the, the biggest offer. I went through like three or four levels of, of, of rounds of interview. But the very first one, I got a chance to sit down with the VP of sales. And he sat there and he looked at my resume. And at the time, I, I, I really wasn't all that serious. I just, I had, there's no coherence to my resume. I just threw everything that I did on there. And he took one look and he looked at me and says, you know, I'm looking at your resume here. And I don't even know why you're here for an interview because... They just said that this guy's coming in, and I said, okay, what's the problem? He says, well, I'm looking at your resume, and it looks like, to me, it looks like you have no focus. We have no idea what you want out of life. I said, and at, at this point, I had already run my business, interviewed hundreds of people every single week for our sales, because sales is a high attrition, so I was interviewing all the time. And so I looked at him, and I said, actually, I beg to differ. And he looks at me and goes, what? Wait a minute, this is Silicon Valley. Engineers don't don't contradict me in the middle of an interview. <laughs> And I sat there and I said, um, I actually see it in a different way. I see it as me not not seeing that I have any limitation on where I can go, you know. And if you look at what I've been able to achieve in each of those industries and variety of different places I've gone, in a very quick period of time, I was able to achieve a level of success in the company, surpassing people who have been there for, you know, three, five, maybe ten times longer than I have. And he looked at that and he goes, 
oh, I didn't realize that. And it says, in other words, I am very adaptable, very flexible. I am very quick to learn whatever is placed in front of me. And if you want me to be the best, uh, account manager, executive account manager for these, for these, um, uh, accounts that you have, and it comes to sales, I taught sales for so many years. You know, there's nobody, and there's no better person to take that role. I eventually got an offer for that job, but I ended up taking another offer from another company. But the point is, you know, it was because of my fascination with people and, you know, and it all came from my youth wanting to fix myself and it just turned outwards. And because of what I was able to do for myself, I started doing it for other people. And as time went on, I started learning there were other modalities and more things that I could learn outside of school that could help me to help people address people like, you know, beyond just the mind there that became a fitness trainer for a little bit. And then I, and from there I got fascinated with nutrition and then I thought, and then I got into the world of energy and realized like the basis of all man isn't carbon or nitrogen or anything like that. It is actually energy. If you go down to level quarks and thank God for these super colliders, because they have shown us human beings that we're not just nitrogen and carbon. We're not just molecules. We're not just atoms. We're not just subatomic particles. When we get down to the area where they call it about a quark, what holds the quarks together, the quark particles, is energy. And that's why they say without gravity, without electromagnetism, without, you know, um, uh, nuclear force, we literally could not hold our bodies together. And so if we're going to resolve something, just like when we extract uh, uh, weeds from the garden, we have to go to the root and the foundation of it all is making sure that we have good, solid energy management systems. And then from there, we can move up to the emotional body, to the mental body, to the physical body. When we do it in that sequence, that's when we start to create sustainable, optimized healing processes for our body for a variety of different, whether it be in business or in life or in relationships or health, anything. Well, I'm sure that you got his attention um, when you, you know, <laughs> began to explain all that because I can guarantee you he wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh, when we were done with the interview, he goes, are you going anywhere right now? It's like, no, you were my last interview for the day. He says, you want to go to lunch? I was like, sure. <laughs> and he took me out to lunch. He says, this is the first interview I've ever had. He goes, and I've been in this, in this, in this, in, in this role for several years now. He goes, and this is the first interview I've had that I've actually learned something. And I would love to have a conversation with you offline and, you know, at lunch. I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And where did it go from there, you know, afterwards? Well, from there, he highly recommended me to go to the next step. So I ended up interviewing with the CEO. I interviewed with one of their lead uh, sales guys. And they ended up offering me an existing million dollar uh, portfolio. So I just, I already, I would have walked in not having to start from scratch but taking over someone's portfolio and all I had to do was maintain that and continue to add to it. So on top of the base that they were offering me at the time, I would have been, you know, easily just six figures just walking in the door in terms of all the, all the, um, profit share and the commissions that came with that portfolio. So it was a fascinating, it was a fascinating time. This is in the dot com So this is like the early, early nineties. Okay. You know, yeah. All right. Um, thank you for sharing that. Now, going back to my question about, you mm-hmm. know, where would you begin? Because I want my audience right. to to really understand <clears throat> what it means when we say optimize healing by using physical intelligence. Right, right. So, so taking you your example of yourself, like you come into uh, with one of our practitioners. Um, and you say, Hey, I've got this challenge. We have a discovery session. We say, okay, what's going on? And then, um, 
what we do before we even think about what to do next, we need to understand what it is the vehicle of what is the vehicle of you. And what we do is we have a 10 minute online test. And it's, that's where the algorithm sits behind that test. And it's a, and it's a very simple test. Um, it's fairly ad- objective. And what it does is helps us understand the vehicle of who and what you are. And what I mean by that is this is that, you know, um, the easiest way to describe it is let's say you have a Hummer mm-hmm. and let's say you have a Ferrari. Okay. Both are, you know, popular vehicles, attractive vehicles to depending on the demographic. And let's say you wanted to go on a safari and you want to go off-roading and you had a choice between the Hummer and the Ferrari. You know, um, the logical choice, of course, would be the Hummer, right? Correct. Because the Hummer is designed for that. But how many times have we seen people take Ferraris to go off-roading in life? You know, we, what, what we see here is we see two different people with the same education, with the same skill set, same experience, same age, they go into a business, a company working at the same job, okay? And you see one person is totally thriving, the other person is totally burning out. It's because the vehicle of self, okay, if you don't honor the fact that you're designed a certain way, if you're honor the fact that you're a Hummer, then, and, and, and you know, or if you're a Ferrari and you take your, your, your vehicle self off-roading in an environment that doesn't suit your, the way you're built, then yeah, you could probably drive it as a Ferrari, but you'll probably tear out your undercarriage. You'll probably have a harder time. It's probably you're not going to be optimized for that task. Oh yes, and, you're not wired for it. <laughs> exactly, and and it's and here's the challenge. This is the reason why this is such a difficult pill to swallow for a lot of people is that human beings are one of the most are, I I would say the perfect machine on the planet, the most perfect machine ever designed by nature. And the reason why I'm saying that is because we as human beings, we can learn to do just about anything. We can do, we can, and, and, and that's the challenge. The challenge is because we can learn how to do it, we sometimes forget that just because we can learn how to do it doesn't mean it's the ideal thing for our being or for our vehicle. You know, we recently had um, a family come in where a husband and wife and they're having some trouble with their kid who's in high school. And they all took the test, and it turns out the husband and wife, they're a power team. I mean, they are they are both entrepreneurs, and they go triathlons together. They're like really kind of like she was built like a Maserati, and he was built like a Ferrari, and together mm-hmm. they were great. And what happens, they came together, and they gave birth to a Prius. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they were trying to raise the Prius like a Maserati or Ferrari. They wanted the Prius, the kid, the poor little Prius to run like a Lamborghini. And the kid was already burning out. And the kid was not even, was just entering mm-hmm. high school. I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, I mean, because we all know there's a purpose for, you know, there's a, there's, there's a purpose for every type of vehicle, right? Right. And if you happen not to give birth to it and you try to raise it like something different, this is, this is where we create circumstances in our lives where the kid grows up thinking that they need to be a Lamborghini when in fact all they needed to do was honor the fact they're a earth friendly, eco friendly, economical Prius. <laughs> <laughs> so the first step is for us to determine what type of vehicle are you? Okay. And if you are operating in alignment with what nature designed you to do or to be, to be, doesn't mean, and here's the thing, it doesn't mean just because you're a Prius, you can't be successful. Prius is one of the top selling 
eco-friendly cars on the planet. You know, it, it's, it, it means like nothing like that at all. It's about honoring the unique nature of who and what we are so that we can really get back into rapport with ourselves. You know, what comes to my mind as you're speaking about the vehicle mm-hmm. is, let's say you're someone that's working a job that's not a good fit for you. Uh-huh. You have all the knowledge, the education, the background right. to excel right. in that. Uh-huh. But deep down inside you, something tells you, for example, you know, this really is not the job for you. Right. But you're looking at the fact that, okay, I've got two, I got, um, two to three cars to choose from. Uh-huh. Um, and this Lamborghini over here, you know, it's going to pay me a whole lot of money if I'm in this car. Even though I know deep down inside something's telling me don't, don't, don't do it, don't do it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to mm-hmm. make a lot of money. So then you got mm-hmm. the next two cars where you'll say, okay, mm, Yes, these other two cars, I know I will definitely excel. I won't get that. Maybe it's not as high profile. Um, I'm not going to be as stressed, but I'm definitely not going to make as much money. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, some people may say, oh, well, you know, that's being vain. Well, it depends upon your circumstance, because let's say, you know, you need to make money to support your family. And mm-hmm. the other vehicles that may suit you well, just not going to cut it because it doesn't pay you enough to take care of your family. So you look at that Maserati or Ferrari or whatever it is because right. you're looking at the fact that, hey, this is going to be the answer to my problem. Right. But it's also going to create some problems. Right. Have you worked with um, or share, can you share um, maybe a case study or two where you work with someone that may have had um, a chronic illness? Um, what what has been some of the, the vehicle choices um, that they've made and how have you helped them, you know, to create a lifestyle of abundance and happiness without burning out? Because many people yeah. that I encounter way. We're already burnt out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've already been trying to be, uh, you know, and sometimes it goes the reverse direction. You, you, you're built like a Ferrari. You're built like a Maserati and you've been forced to play small all your life. And, you know, they say, I mean, when I, you know, uh, when I bought, um, my Ducati motorcycle, I was told at the dealership that I really need to make sure that I give, I open up the, I mean, I mean, redline the, the bike on a regular basis. I said, why is that? It's, it's, it's built to be that way. It's mm-hmm. built to go high performance. And if you don't do that every once in a while, it will actually, um, reduce the performance output and the efficiency of that, of that bike. I said, wow, I had no idea. I says, yeah, so you have to open it up. And so if you are a high performance vehicle, but then you've been, you've been raised to play small because let's say you have a Prius and a, and a, and a Sentra married and they give birth to a Ferrari and they had no idea. And they've been, they come from generations of economy cars. And all of a sudden this generation, they produced a high, high end vehicle. They have no idea how to open that, that child up. Right. They don't know how to have that child open it. And so, you know, um, so the first step is really kind of to identify, you know, what, what vehicle you are. And it's funny that you mentioned that in one of the, I mean, so the six figure academy that my other company, we focus a lot of our, 
uh, attention on helping people with their anxiety and stress around money. We were born in a capitalistic society. We were born in a world of capitalism in this lifetime. And, and for anybody that says that, oh, money is everything and they're trying to go against capitalism, then maybe try being born in a different era. But unfortunately, we're born <laughs> in the era that we're in right now. And so we might as well play the game. And and here's the funny thing is that when we start making decisions on just money alone, so I always like to ask people, you know, if they are making decisions based on money, if we took the money piece away, would they make that same decision? And if the answer is no, then you're already creating an internal discord or conflict. And money is just another form of energy. And so what we do is, you know, some of the work that I do with people around anxiety around money is we, we, we reduce the, um, the anchor of money being one of the, the, the deciding factors of where they go in life. And that, in fact, kind of opens up the possibility of more money coming in. Because if you think about it, if you've ever been in a relationship where the person was really clingy, right? After a while, you kind of don't want to be with that person anymore. True. Okay. If we were to think of money as another person and we see how the world, how clingy the world is to money, why would money want to stick around? Money's going to walk. <laughs> well, money's it's like, I don't want to be around you. You're so right. clingy, you know, versus the other way. If you have a healthy relationship with money, okay, then you could start making better decisions for the ve- your vehicle of self to start doing that. You know, and it's, and it's interesting because there is a belief system that because I'm a Prius, I can't make as much money as a Ferrari. Are you kidding me? I mean, there's more volume of, of Priuses sold every year than Ferraris you know, year by year. I mean, it's, it's, and it's just going to get better, you know? And the fact is there, we live in a society where you can make quite frankly, as much money as you want doing anything you want. You know, we've been able to help people decide whether or not corporate world is for them. We've decided, we've actually helped people who realize that, Oh, I'm not really built like an entrepreneur. No wonder I feel so much more comfortable in a corporate world. I just got caught up in the fact that all my friends are entrepreneurs and they say, you need to be an entrepreneur. So I became an entrepreneur and then I'm burning myself out. And I said, yeah, because your vehicle isn't big enough to, 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 to have that capability and you actually will absolutely thrive in a corporate environment. So it, you know, it's, it's really interesting being able to have people kind of objectively step out of themselves to see themselves so they can see how to one, heal themselves, two, get themselves in, in alignment and congruent because really a lot of, a lot of our diseases and our challenges that we have in our health come from having too much, too many inner conflicts and, and, and falling out of rapport with ourselves. And so many times when we've helped people who have autoimmune diseases, um, who have, um, mental emotional challenges, um, also chronic pain, resolve those issues, even PTSD, is when we get them back into rapport with self so that they can actually have that in that healthy internal dialogue. You know, we talk about all the time where where, you know, husband and wives, you know, they have an unhealthy relationship because they're having, you know, arguments all the time. But you know what? Compared to what goes on internally in both of their minds, it's nothing. We have such toxic internal dialogue, which then at some point the human body is going to say, great, you're having enough of this going on. We're going to show you, we're going to, we're going to give you a, raise a flag in your physical body to tell you, hey, it's time to fix this, you know, um, unless you actually have a physical trauma that happens to you, almost all, you know, autoimmune diseases or internally generated or cancers and everything, it doesn't just come out of nowhere unless you're living next to a toxic dump. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. It comes over from years of mentally emotional discord internal. 
Oh, and a that, lot of it. That's that's so true. Same thing. Yeah. Even if you don't um have cancer, you know right. the same thing because I've driven a lot of cars, and uh-huh. uh, the one car that I drove starting in uh, <laughs> 2012, uh, uh-huh. that was not a good car for me. Um, right. That car, you know, should have come with a glaring owner's manual that states. Before you get behind the wheel, you know, this is what you need to know about driving this car because it's going to cost you the following. Uh, Had I known then what I know now, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have got behind the wheel of that car. And, you know, it's interesting when you when you said that, because the first thing that came to my mind was to thy own self be true. Yeah, because, you know, after, after I got out of that car. Uh, way I got into another car and I, the car was driving it well and the car had a speed bump. Uh-huh. Um, and I did a detour because I saw where the car was going and decided, you know what? I don't want to be in this car anymore. Um, it's time for me to move on from this job and do something else because just not, this car is just not fitting who I am, you know? Right. And, you know, but we, we're not taught those things. You know, no, you know how you say you hear about the, the shiny object syndrome. Well, many uh-huh. of us have the shiny car syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it comes from a society that, that, that raises us to compare ourselves to others because we don't come into this world with an operating manual. Right. Right. And what physical intelligence, our algorithm, our technology is now able to do is to give you your operating manual so you don't have to shop for a shiny new car anymore. You can actually finally own your vehicle of self. Know thyself so you can know how best to create this life of prosperity and abundance and happiness and wealth and health and all those different things. But many people always say, play big or go home. And I'm of the mindset now that it's not about playing big. It's about, hey, you know, it's all about my vehicle. You know, I right. want my vehicle to be running at optimal condition, you know, to be tuned up and mm-hmm. and to be ready to perform, but not right. to the point that, you know, I'm going to blow my engine. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Play as big as you're designed to play. Right. That's that's what I I like to say. And, you know, people say, well, if I'm a Prius, doesn't mean that means I can't make millions. This is no, you can. You can. It's just a matter of how well optimized is your vehicle to do that. Right. If you have a, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things where we have to really start to pay attention. Nature has been giving us clues all the time. How I mean. The animal kingdom outside of the human, human, human animals, um, a lion doesn't try to be any more than a lion. That's all it knows the tiger how to be. Try to be any more than a tiger, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> human beings have this propensity, this desire to, to try to be something that, you know, we're not. And it's because we're so amazingly designed as a machine. We have this high level of adaptability. And as such, it's kind of like, you know, it's a difference between an incandescent light or a laser. 
you know, you put as much energy you want in there, you know, incandescent light will light up a room, but that's about as far as it'll go. But if you really want to go far, you take all that energy and you have it focused in one single direction in a, in a vehicle and a casing that is optimized for you. You can go as far as you want, regardless of what kind of vehicle you are. You just have to honor the fact that you are either, you know, a Prius, a Maserati, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, a Hummer, whatever it is. You know, and then when you, and we have so many people that have just gone, going through their, the results of their assessment have had such breakthroughs. We've had people who already have multi-million dollar companies and they, they literally would be in tears during the assessment saying, Oh my God, wait, this is what true freedom really feels like. I don't have to worry about you know, people trying to make me something else or trying to drive me in a different way. I know exactly what drives me because I've known it. I just, I, and I suspected it. I just had to have been sold on so many different ways on how I was supposed to be as a human being in this world that we live in that I lost sight of listening, truly listening to myself. And what we do is when we provide this science-based, you know, um, uh, assessment system, it's not me that's telling you that or in any of our practitioners that's telling you this is what you are it is nature it is it is how you came into this world and if you honor it you can feel the difference you'll have more energy you'll have more health you have more vibrance and if you go against it you feel it too you'll feel like drained exhausted and burnt out you know and it's a choice is do you want which one do you want <laughs> and you know uh, you can ask yourself that and i think for many people because i've experienced this as well you know mm. you know is going to burn you out or it has the strong potential of burning yeah. you out. And then sometimes you tell yourself, okay, but you know, I'm going to tolerate it as long as I can and I'm going to get out, <laughs> you know, before it gets to that point. Right. And before you know it, you're sucked in um, mm-hmm. and it's too late. I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about something yeah. s- similar. Now that I know the terminology for it, <laughs> after right. speaking with you, and she shared with me, she says, you know, um, Nisi, I've had, you know, my chronic illness for a number of years and um, I've got to go back to work. Um, I know I'm not physically 100 percent. I'm not at 50 percent, but I've got to do more than what I'm doing because she says um, Social Security disability is not paying her enough money to take mm-hmm. care of her family. And, you know, we were just basically talking about the fact that. You know, you're allowed to work up to X, you know, to make enough X, a certain amount, you know, without mm-hmm. um, losing your benefits. And I, right. I asked her, I says, OK, so we were talking about, you know, money, relationships and lifestyle and abundance. And I says, OK, so what have you come up with? What, what, are, what are you going to do? That's not going to, number one, be detrimental to your health. That's going to tax your body out over woman anymore. And she says, unfortunately, I'm looking at going right back into the industry that I love. And I said, um, but that's where it all began. Or let's just say that's where the perfect storm began that right. led to, you know, this situation. And she says, but that's the only way that I know how to make it by mm. going back. So wait, can you give us. Some tips, my audience, some tips for people who have a lot of emotional blocks, whether it's around relationships. You know, there's also a lot of um, emotional blocks around having a chronic illness, because when you Mm -hmm. have a a long term chronic illness and let's say you've been out of the workforce for a long time, 
mm-hmm. trying to get back into that workforce, you worry about, okay, how am I going to explain the gap on my resume and, you know, being unemployed? Then you, then also when you have had a chronic illness for a long time, you begin to doubt and second guess your own abilities in terms of, mm-hmm. can I really get back in the groove, uh, of performance? You know what I mean? Right. Can I really contribute? And then the, the relationships, because let's say that you're someone who used to be the breadwinner for your family and you're right. no longer that person. So now it's, you know, things have shifted. Then you mm-hmm. start feeling bad about, okay, I can't take care of my family. I now got to depend upon other people. You know, if you can just give people some tips as to how can they begin to heal? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different layers to that question. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know. Just whatever you can share, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, you know, I have to share the story of um, somebody that I worked with who uh, had to go through something. Like they had to take a, uh, a sick leave for a, a period of time, a disability leave. And what had happened was... Um, you know, they needed to go back, but they, they were raised a certain way and they went to school for one thing. And, you know, really it was the only job that they ever held after school. And so they had no experience anywhere else. And they really, they really actually liked that industry. It just, they just weren't operating in the best way within that industry. And so one of the things we were able to do was to help them understand that you don't have to leave that industry. Granted, we'd like to make this universal sweeping like um um scapegoat of yeah it's the industry that did it no it was what you were doing within that industry and so one of the things that for someone who is in a position of okay i need to go back i'm healthy enough that i can go back but all i know is that space that i was working before great what is it that then the question i would ask is okay what specifically were you doing within that space what were your duties what was your task what was your role that contributed to that because maybe the role that you played within that industry wasn't ideal for your skill sets or what your your capabilities are. You know, there are people that are built to speak. There are people that are built to built to present. And there are people who are built who just absolutely love working behind the scenes. And if you, those roles were switched and you were forcing the person that thrives working behind the scene to put them on stage and the person who who thrives being on stage and put them, throw them in the back corner like Milton in office space, you know, um, and working, you know, in the dark and in the cubicle, you are, you are actually not having them work in their optimized state of being. They could still be in the same company and still doing the same, but they're just, they're just ill-equipped. You know, oftentimes when we go help corporations with their teams, we, we actually have to do a shuffle. I mean, they have people, when we go into corporations, we find out they have the quarterback, you know, being a defensive lineman, they have a running back who really should be the quarterback playing, you know, running back. And people are just placed in the wrong positions for for what their strengths are. And so what we always suggest is, OK, get get your operating manual, understand what your vehicle you are and then understand what drives you, what gives you energy so that you could stop burning yourself out and see if there is a role within the space you were working before, if there's any adjustments that can be made. Because most of the time when you take disability leave and you come back and the company welcomes you back with uh, open arms, that means there is a value that you bring to the table. And that's why they're willing to do that. And on top of that, because they're willing to take you back, you have a little bit of 
um, negotiation that can be done that says, hey, obviously the role I was doing in the company really kind of wasn't working for me. I was wondering if we could do this instead. And we've been able to help guide people to understand that and to be able to negotiate that so that they can actually go back. And quite frankly, when you are happy and you're thriving and you're energized at, at your job and your work, productivity goes up, which then increases the possibility and opportunity for you to make more money down the road. And you can see that path and have, have things open up. You know, when we start to say, I can't do that because I won't make enough money, that is a total farce. Because we live in a world where if you utilize the resources that are in front of you well enough, you can actually make as much money as you want. The limitation that is placed on that is really, it's a mindset challenge. It's a mindset issue. So a lot question of for you. Mm-hmm. When you say, okay, that is a farce, let's say you're in a job that's only paying you $25,000 a year, and, mm-hmm. and that is your salary, and mm-hmm. that is all that they're paying. Mm-hmm. Um, so how... So what what do exactly do you mean? Because if that's all that they are paying you and there's no mm-hmm. room for growth, how are you? Are you saying that in that position you can still get wealth, or are you saying that? Well, I mean, you if there's would no use room their for growth. Sets. Yes, right. If there's no room for growth, and you, you know, and if if you're okay with changing your circumstance, I guarantee there's there's other companies out there that are. Uh, you know, when you have an optimized self of being in terms of output and performance and everything, and you can, I mean, you know, there's a big shift that happens when people get to know themselves better. The, the level of confidence and how they even show up in the public, in the world, that shifts and changes. We've had people that go and says, well, I've hit a ceiling and they're very reluctant to give me opportunities to move further. And I said, maybe it's time for you to look for other places because you're you're ready now to really kind of spread your wings and kind of like recognizing what your skill set is because part of part of being able to know your vehicle and know what drives you and know what what really kind of like um what what bring what gives what gives you oxygen so to speak mm-hmm. is what it, what that what knowing that what that does it opens up the possibility it clears the mind because oftentimes we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because there's too much chitter chatter in our mind. There's too much flotsam and jetsam in the way so that we can't see if there's, if there's any other way. And here's the thing. We forget we live in a land of opportunity of all countries. I mean, for those of us who are in the U.S. And to say that there's no other way, that is, that is something that, that has been cultivated out of a lot of us is putting the blinders on saying, yeah, this is all I've got. No, it's not. If there's one company that can offer you this, there's just the same another company that can offer you even more. The That's trick true. is the, the trick is whether or not you're going to own your strengths and your your performance capabilities and your ability to kind of like spread your wings and grow and expand. And the, the, the sad thing is, most of us are, have been have been raised in in those for those that are in those circumstances have been raised to play so small that even if you were a Prius, you've been play you've been forced to play small like a like a Yugo. Mhm. I like that. Remember what a Hugo um, is? <laughs> uh, I remember that. Yeah, many many years ago. <laughs> but I love what you just said about own your capabilities because a lot of people mm-hmm. um, play it safe. Uh, I think mm-hmm. about a lot of people in this country in the U.S. that are, are in positions and jobs and working for companies where they absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. I saw in the news the other day where Amazon even said, you know, that 
to their workers, hey, we will pay you, you know, I think it's up to $5,000 to quit depending upon your role. And the yeah. reason why they're looking to do that is because they feel that, hey, you know, we'll pay you to quit because if you're not happy here and this is not right. where you want to be, we rather yeah. you leave, we will pay you. And so that the people who want to be here, they can step it up. Right. You know, and, and I, I, I love that model. I love that model. I think um, Zappos also created that model um, and a few other companies, too. And it's and, it, and it's a, and it's a fascinating thing, you know, and the model that, for example, Google years ago, I went to Google to pitch a, um, a wellness program. And the, the interesting thing about Google is that they actually encourage people within their organization, the employees, every two years to switch roles, to try out a different, try out a different uh, department or try out a different thing altogether. So I have a friend there. She went from HR to design to uh, product development to sales. She went all over the place. And I said, wow, you're, what are you doing now? And every couple of years, I was checking with her. I said, like, what are you doing now? And it's, and it's such a fascinating thing because, you know, prior to this technology, they wanted to create an environment where people could really – Kind of see what resonates with them, where they yes. can really truly thrive. You know, now we've been able to shortcut that with this uh, with this algorithm, so that you know people can really tap into the physical intelligence, and they don't have to be working for a company that supports them that way. They can find out themselves, so they can now be the masters of their own destiny. Now I know that you've uh, worked with from startups to celebrities to other coaches mm-hmm. and consultants and technology thought. Uh, leader. So for someone listening to today's show who says, hey, what what Wei Hong said resonates with me. I mean, can they contact you as well and say, hey, you know, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn and understand my vehicle, why I behave the way that I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we um, we have uh, a variety of different coaches. It's not just me. So there's there's a whole team of us. And so we can we can help serve as many people as needed to help. I mean, our goal really with this technology with HumanOp is to really shift the world in terms of how people regard each other. I mean, it's a, such an objective way of regarding uh, each other as human beings. It's kind of like this. I always like to say that, you know, let's say you didn't like the color green, mm-hmm. right? And it, in fact, every time you see it, it just kind of made you sick to the stomach. But that doesn't mean that every day you go out and you see grass, you're going to sit there and be pissed off at grass, cursing at grass and doing all kinds of things at grass, <clears throat> excuse me, because it's because, you know, grass can't help itself. It's just green. Right. Right. So what if we can start looking at each other that way? See, my our, our big vision is generations down the road. If every human being on the planet has access to this technology and can start to see each other without judgment, with full objectivity, and honor each other for the unique way we each show up on this planet, where do you think human conflict will go? Where do you think wars will go? They will leave. All that. Yes. Yeah. Because you can't hold on to it because you're looking at the person, well, this is just how that person is. Human conflict comes, an internal and external, comes from the fact that we can't reconcile why a particular behavior is happening. Because of it doesn't, it's not reality in our world, so why are they doing it? That must mean that they are doing it and they take it personally. Or that must mean because, and we create meaning out of things that has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with this is how the person is built. This person is in a weak state or in a strong state or whatever the case may be. And this is just how they operate. And if we can honor each individual for that, all of a sudden, 
the world becomes less charged and we can truly appreciate people, each individual person, for what they are and how they showed up on this planet. That would be beautiful, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I don't suspect to see, I mean, we're building the human up to be that, that, um, that company to do that, but I don't, I don't expect to see that in this generation or the next generation. I think after my grandchildren pass away, maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe we'll see a little bit of that, but <laughs> it's a tall order, but you know, that's, that's, that's the way, you know, the vision, the vision is. That's the, what, that's what the vision is. That's true. Yeah. And one other thing that I wanted to ask you about is, um, way I know that you're one of the co-authors of, uh, Breakthrough Healing. Uh-huh. insights and wisdom into the power of alternative medicine. Can yes. you share um, with our audience uh, some information uh, about that, please? The breakthrough yeah, that, healing and those insights? Yeah, that book just kind of snuck in. I have a couple other books out, but this book, <laughs> uh, it kind of snuck in. It's like, oh, my God, they're right. that's right. It just came out this month, uh, Breakthrough Healing. Uh, I'm, I'm in there. The forward is, is written by Marissa Peer, and um, a handful of us got together and each wrote a chapter on our perspective on how to get, you know, breakthrough healing results, you know, in a holistic way. And, um, it's a really cool thing to hear from acupuncturists and energy healers. And, and I go a little bit more deeper about what, what HumanOp does with our technology to really help people understand that there's more than just one way of healing. There is such a wide variety. And because we're such a multifaceted, um, um, being animal, we have to look at from, look at our healing from every possible angle. And this book, you know, kind of sheds light on a lot of that. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, how the world embraces it. And really it's designed not to be, you know, the one book to heal it, but to really kind of shift the perspective a little bit just so that you can see, start seeing things in a different way so that you can heal better, faster, and just kind of optimize that whole process instead of, you know, um, just going through that same old approach that, you know, that's it, it's quite frankly, it's antiquated and it's slow. Now, I know in this book, um, Breakthrough Healing, you're one of the authors, along with Irene Freitas, mm-hmm. uh, Alexis Brink, Michelle Molitar and Iris Netzer Greenfield. And so uh-huh. with this book, Breakthrough Healing, um, what I like about the title in everything is insights and wisdoms into the power of alternative medicine is that it just goes to illustrate that, you know, there's let's using the analogy that there's different cars, you know, you can yeah. drive to get your breakthrough to healing. Right. Right. Different cars and it requires different approaches. You don't yes. take your Ferrari to a Ford dealership to get fixed. I wouldn't <laughs> You take it to someone who specializes in that and understands how a Ferrari works. I just talked to, I just met somebody who's, uh, who came from Australia and they said everybody in Australia, they, they go to alternative healing first before they go to Western traditional medicine. Now see, in this country, they won't pay for that. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, they'll pay, you know, right. you can, you're, you're lucky if, you know, if you get your acupuncture, you know, cover insurance, right? Yeah, under your insurance. But you know, that really I feel will change the game when it comes to wellness. Because yeah. uh people can really then optimize their overall well being by picking, you know, something a different modality that's going to uh work for you. Because I know that in the book, um you've got um Jinshin Jitsu. 
I learned uh-huh. about that a number of years ago, and I know that that is so, so helpful, especially when it yeah. comes to paying. Then there's mm-hmm. Feng Shui Consulting. I think that's uh, Irene. Irene, Balancing Energy yes. in Your Space. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And then your, your piece of it is, you know, the human ops piece, what we've been talking about uh, today. And right. then uh, Michelle, she's the transformational hypnotherapist. And then yep. Iris mm-hmm. is the acupuncturist. And mm-hmm. Claire Roy is the spiritual life coach. So yeah. I, I love this, that, you know, that you all came together and wrote a chapter in this book. Yeah. It's just. No, it's, it's, it's really, it's really amazing kind of like helping people say, Hey, there's other ways. And then if we address the entireness of our being, our spirit, our energy, our mental, our emotional, our physical, that's what true healing is. You can't just heal one piece. You know, if you, if you have a four legged chair and one, one chair, one leg is rotten and you just fix that, but you don't realize that the other ones have been impacted by that, then you're only fixing one piece and pretty soon you're going to have to be kind of doing this band-aid thing throughout the life of that chair. That's true. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about the, you know, human eyes. But the other thing that occurred to me is that um, children Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. need to experience these breakthroughs, you know, around their mental and emotional blocks. Because let's face Mm -hmm. it, when you see what's happening in this country, with all the school shootings. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, don't even get me started about that. Because I know all that stuff can be prevented. Yeah, that's, all that stuff. Can yes. Be prevented. I think about, um, the, the shooter and I think about the lives destroyed as well as the people left behind, you know, right. their emotions, their emotional mm-hmm. blocks, their, their mental pain, you know, right. It just, it just hits everyone. Right. Right. And if we have better tools out there for people to, you know, better understand to reconcile what's going on internally, then they can still maintain that high level of alignment with themselves so that the body can continue to do what it's designed to do in a most optimal way. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes. So, wait, uh, tell our listeners how they can contact you. And, yeah. And absolutely. if you have any uh, upcoming workshops or events, <clears throat> uh, share that as well. Yeah, well, we have, you know, we have our ongoing practitioner trainings where people who want to learn and utilize the technology in their lives. Um, we have five levels of training actually to, because only trained practitioners can, can, um, deliver the assessments of, of, of the test. Um, that being said, um, uh, I, we have a couple events coming up on the calendar that I, uh, we have yet to nail down the dates, but if you want to stay connected, um, you can, one of the best ways to um, get onto our list at the Six Figure Academy, uh, where you know you can actually get uh, one of my books called From Money Anxiety to Six Figure Mastery, and we utilize the technology at the Six Figure Academy as well. And I think the best way to 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 get connected and stay connected is uh, to go to the website go.thesixfigureacademy.com, and then from there. Um, you can get into our, our, our system so that we can start having that conversation. And then at any given point, reach out. I mean, if, if you want to get your operating manual, if you want to start making a big shift and kind of get, you know, get a true understanding of your vehicle, by all means, reach out. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can go to wei at humanoptech.com. That's, uh, h-u-m-a-n-o-p-t-e-c-h.com. And if you, 
want to see the website, go to humanoptech.com and you can find out there as well. But all different kinds of ways. I'm not hard to find on the Internet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to tell you, too, that uh, I, I went to the website and I got to listen to a video and uh-huh. you captivated my attention. And, you know, uh-huh. I thought, hey, he well, he's talking to me, you know, because yeah. <laughs> um, the human ops of it, the, the emotions, you uh-huh. know, that um, I learned a lot. I just I just wanted to share that with you. And uh, the one thing that I, I have my notepad in front of me uh-huh. and uh, I wrote down, it's going to be a hashtag, one of my favorites, own your capabilities. Own your capabilities. Because uh, yeah. if you think about it, a lot of times we don't own our capabilities. We allow others to tell us this is what right. you're capable of. But deep down inside, you've got to know it, own it, and claim it. And walk yep. within that and don't be afraid to stand up to be true right. to thyself. Right. And that's, then that's what we're, we've been able to do to objectively use nature and science to show you what that is. So that way you stop buying into what everybody's telling you, you need, your capabilities are. Right. And then you can tell, you can just ask yourself, Oh yeah, that totally resonates. And it, and it, and it's amazing. I mean, we have people just come in just like, Oh my God, I can totally own myself. It's like we're giving them a license to drive their own vehicle with confidence. Thank you. And that's the key. Well, Wei, it's been a pleasure having you with me here today on the Pain-Free Zone. And I would love for you to come back another time that meets your schedule so we can talk more about this or how to optimize our potential. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, this has just been Optimize Healing by Using Physical Intelligence. This This has been very good. I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nisi. Have a great day.